G'day golfers. Ever found yourself redirecting blame and making excuses after having an absolute shocker on a golf course? I know that I have. Range was closed, I was a little cold, didn't warm up. I hit it in those three old divots. Then we have the podcast for you. We focus on how to fundamentally own your swing. Strike it pure and consistently shoot in the 70s. Be it if you're a weekend hack, retired and playing daily, a school phenom or a tour professional. We present and discuss facts and physics pertaining to golf, trying to keep our ego and opinion at bay. We dispel myths such as keep your head down, bend your knees, or my all-time favourite game improvement irons. So stop drinking that mythical Kool-Aid and have a sip of ours. I think you'll find it both inspiring and refreshing. I'm Scott Young, founder of Swing, PGA professional and ex-tour player. And together with physical therapist, Dr. Sean Joyce, welcome to Pivot the Path. G'day golfers and welcome to Pivot the Path. New episode, SJ. Good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, doing great. Excited for the next episode. How is the uh, scoot up? Where do you come in from each day? From Chelsea. So Where, where's that for our non-New Yorkers? Yeah, I've got a little stand-up electric scooter, like a bird or a lime, if anyone's been on those. But How fast have you got there, dude? It goes 19 maxes out. <laughs> you don't really want it to go any faster. You feel every crack in the road. It takes me That's crazy. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Love that commute. As long as it's not raining. Rosie and I had an hour and a half in the car ride this morning. Love yeah, that. Easy. Love getting up at 4.30. So, mate, this, this today's episode is uh, a bit of a predisposition. So what do golfers bring to the table? We wanted to explain to you guys what you bring to the table really predetermines your enjoyment of golf. And we believe it's physiology, genetics, environment, what sports you've played. And in your case, in my case, you know, what traumas have you had, whether it's a car accident, injuries, broken leg skiing, and and that's really important. So that's what we'd love to talk to you about today and and get to know how as a golfer they can improve by understanding what they bring to the table. Pretty huge, right? Yeah, really big. It's just a bit of understanding, you know, how living your life has influenced the way you move. And a lot of it happens subconsciously, you know, slowly chips away as time goes on. Uh, you get stiffer, you get tighter, you start finding a workaround. Uh, brain super clever at, at finding a way to make it happen. So yeah, I love something you said last week. You said the brain has a habit of finding a way to get the job done. What did, you kind of dive into that a little bit? So it, it it finds that you might lack stability or lack mobility, and then the brain can kind of say, "Well, I'll, I'll recruit this muscle or that muscle." Or yeah, and that's where with golfers in particular, I think it, it's highlighted especially for someone like you who's seen thousands and thousands of golf swings, um, you can find a way to hit the ball if you are really stiff, if you don't move well, even if you have current or past injuries. It's not always going to be ideal, but your brain will say, all right, we got to get this club face on that that white ball right there. Yeah. Um, we're coming down way too steep and the, the face is closed, so we're going to you know, kick the hips forward, throw the arms and Get it done. Find a way to hit the ball that way. It's not ideal. Uh, maybe inconsistent. Maybe flight isn't very strong, but you'll get it done. I mean, it's it's great. So we've actually just come off a really fresh round together, which I had a ball with, mates. Yeah, you can amazing. you can hold your own on a golf course. Yeah, work to be done always. Yeah, good fun. I mean, Sean, what do you stand? Six two. Yeah. Yeah, some speed. So there's some absolute speed out in that golf course. So what was the takeaway? So we played Sleepy Hollow, which was a magnificent golf Beautiful course. Court. Absolutely it stunning. Was, yeah, really pure. Uh, for me, the, the biggest thing I noticed was just the way that you go about actually playing golf on day of. 
uh, all the technical stuff with your swing just goes out the window, which was really freeing, I felt. So it was. Did you think I'd be technical on a golf course? Be honest. I wasn't sure. More so than we actually. Because we're pretty technical in here, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm used to that side of, of how you. So can we back it up a little? So for the last, what, four to six weeks, you and I have been working on some technique on your golf swing? Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. Little intense. So what, what have yeah. we done technically? Uh, big thing has been on the, the back swings, loading into my right side. So getting into that right yeah. loop fired up. Sean got a little stacky on that front leg, which means for wedges, eight irons, nine irons. I actually don't mind that. But mm -hmm. for seven irons, low loft, five irons, three wood was a disaster. Yeah, that's where it's struggled yeah. most of the longer clubs. Longer clubs. Um, especially off the deck. So, yeah, worked a bunch on that and just, I think, tempo too. You, that was like first day I was in here. Yeah. Like, it's that scooter, dude. You, we should put that scooter on slow motion. <laughs> yeah, right. Get used to just coming along, smooth sailing. <laughs> so how did you find taking that to the golf course? We Did you think that we'd be a little more technical? No technique on the golf course, ladies and gents. Absolutely no technique. Yeah. And so, yeah, I expected more technical. And then even something as far as like a swing thought. But even that was like, no, it was. What was your swing thought? What did you take to the course? Um, Getting to the right side. That was it. That's that's kind of it, yeah. And just try and be slower, smoother. Yeah. Um, But then on course it was, okay, pick a target and actually sit there and pick a target, not a kind of loose right side of fairway. It was that tree, that rock. And then where you want the ball to start, where you want the ball to end. So that will dictate the shape. Yeah. So we played, we played JB, SJ and, and myself and, and I actually got into their face a little bit and I said, I did ask you guys, uh, you know, would it be okay, gents, if I asked you where did, where was the ball starting and where was it finishing? And we did that pretty well on every shot. And yeah. it, it, and I believe everyone, unless you're in a competition, should be doing this because it gives you guys an understanding of what your predisposition is to where you're going to miss it because we all have habits. Mm -hmm. And it will actually tell you what you can go to under pressure. Yeah. Because as the first five or six holes, I was focused on you guys a little bit so I wasn't quite warmed up and I was hitting little pulls left. Yeah. And you just got to play with it. Yeah. You know, it's got to play with That's it. That's the shot shape for the day. That's the shot shape for the day. Yeah. So that was that was big. It was just getting very particular or specific about what you want to do off the box. And specific. Like I was like, hey, guys, we need this to start at that chimney and draw yeah. it 15 yards or fade it. Target. Yeah, small, small targets. Yeah. And then based on that, it was the only thing we really changed because I, I pretty much put the same swing on every shot. I'm not necessarily curving the ball both ways at this point. Oh, uh, you did it pretty well. You hit little stock, little draw, yeah. and that little fade you hit down that path three, I think it was 10, 11, where we all hit it short because oh, yeah. we underclubbed. Yeah. You hit a beautiful little fade there. Like every golfer, you know, every golfer below 20, 25 handicap should be able to shape it both ways. And we did that through alignment and ball position. Yeah. So that was the way for me, you know, I didn't have to change my actual swing. It was just change ball position and alignment. And then you can have a completely different shape and path. And on course previously without playing with you, I just didn't really feel confident that I could do that in a way that wouldn't go terribly wrong. So it was cool when nice. Jeff, I remember we played that par five, it was six up the hill and Jeffrey's like, I'm going to hit a little draw here. I'm like, dude, why wouldn't you hit a little fade? And, he said, well, I'm not really confident. And so we put the ball back in his stance. The club face had slightly right orientation earlier in the circle. 
and he hit this butterfly and he literally turned around and this yeah. smile came on his yeah. face. He's like, what just <laughs> happened? It's a priceless moment. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, it just kind of opens up another option for him. So next time I say, oh, I can, I can hit the bait. Did you, uh, putting you on the spot here, did you work those half-to-halves? We worked on Sean's pitching, half-to-half, half-to-full, full-to-full. We didn't have too many wedges. I didn't have too no, many wedges. Yeah. yeah, actually, surprisingly, not that many. I did work on it a bit. I need to get, we talked about my wedges and maybe I have that 50 degree I don't need in there. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, I think, the, huge. I think the golf club industry just try to sell you an extra golf club. Mm-hmm. I think 50, 55, and 60 is absolutely max. You guys aren't good enough unless you're on tour to have four wedges. It's a waste of a club. Yeah. Grab a four iron and a, and a rescue instead of four wedges. Yeah. But- my biggest takeaway was, was, uh, this is really fascinating, and we're going to get into this a little more today. Was how your brain perceived where you were in relation to a target line. Now that sounds all very technical, but it's really simple. So, what we found with Sean, and I do this a lot with the guys in here. Very few people have a natural talent. If you're thinking of hitting a target, let's call it 150 yards, and your club base points conservatively within three or four degrees to that target, then your feet should be on a parallel train track. Yeah. So your body's walking in perpendicular like a T, and here at Swing we've got T, T squares everywhere. And it was interesting that, Sean, you came in in front of the perpendicular, so you were aiming way right. Yeah. yeah. I've done that historically. Which is your eye dominance. It's how your eyes perceive where you are. It's fascinating. Yeah. So we're playing this beautiful par three. There's water everywhere. We're we're poking each other. (laughs) And then you put a really good swing on the ball, but because you came in front of the perpendicular and you were aiming right, kind of what takes over there? Uh, Again, kind of back to what we were talking about with the brain. It was like, oh, we're aiming way right. I didn't consciously know my body did. so So what happens? Came steep. Screaming over the top. Your torso's rotating quickly to try and pull the ball back left. Yeah. But it wasn't technical. It's amazing how that brain takes over. So what we've done with with Sean, mate, you've got a hell of a golf swing. I mean, Sean was hitting at 320 on a couple of drives effortlessly. You're a big dude and you've got some serious speed. But again, I'm just going to reset the animation. If you've got one train track to the target, your feet should be parallel left. Therefore, you should be walking in perpendicular, i.e. half of your body's on the right-hand side of the ball, half of your body's on the left-hand side of the ball. Therefore, if you walk in perpendicular, your shoulders, hips, and feet will be square parallel to the target. You were walking in in front of the perpendicular, which means you're on that par three, which what was it, like 140, 130? Yeah, somewhere in there. You were probably 40 yards right. But thinking you're at the target, which is crazy, yeah. but right? But that one I remember standing over the ball and I just I wasn't comfortable. And now I know why. But in the past, I've had that happen and, and I'd say, I'll just swing it. Yeah, just swing it. And it never goes well. Yeah. Zero percent of the time. And, and, and we're talking about a lacrosse who uses his torso for 15 years. So now your alignment and your eyes allow you to use the very history and, and repetition of lacrosse, torso, outside in to actually get the job done and yeah. psh, splish splash you're taking a bath yeah yeah dropping down we have that one though because uh jb hit it to about what eight feet top left yeah missed his birdie putt i got up and down from the bunker yeah, and, great up and down. we uh we hopped and then who and then you won the next hole 
you hold that chip oh, off the yeah, green. Yeah, I had the chip in. Yeah, yeah. Bastard. That was, yeah. That was that two was or three skins. I'm glad the flag was there. No, that was perfect distance. <laughs> so isn't that funny? And then, and then so we're going to work on that. So we, we basically have done some technique. We then focused on dumbing down the technique as we were approaching playing. Yeah. Go play, and then we and then we reassessed on uh, on what that looks like. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll we'll set up a pre-shot routine. So then we we kind of leave Sean's technique away now and just work on his pre-shot routine. And you should have a pre-shot team routine. We'll get into this in later episodes. Yeah. But short game, putting, pitching, chipping, bunkers, driver, full swing, fades and draws. Should be about seven pre-shot routines. Yes, which is awesome. So I it was cool. for me leaving the round. I would have, Great. without you being there and, and the assessment on my lineman and all that, thought, oh, well, I, I chunked a couple, like, well, I got to change my swing. Yeah. Uh, actually, nice. I need to just get aligned properly and then same swing every time, uh, which is, is actually nice to know. I'm not frustrated at all. It's, it's an easier fix. Yeah, you've got a hell of a goal swing. And I think your constant work with patience affects you, which kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. and. What we wanted to do is we've, we've laid the groundwork a little bit on who I am, who Sean is, kind of why swing's so different to, to any other platform. And what we wanted to do today was just talk about, again, what you bring, what your history uh, of who you are, what it brings to the table with your golf. And let's talk about you. So how often would you, send, would you stand or sit in forward bend with patience a day Amen. conservatively? All day, if I'm with somebody six, seven standing hours standing over a table or something like that, yeah. So, so now we've got doctors, physical therapists, chiros, orthodontists, dentists. Yeah, you guys are all months. what? So, what? What? How's that affecting over a table? Um, I mean, it can affect you in a lot of ways, but it's going to condition your posture quite a bit. So, if you're standing, you imagine you're standing over a, a treatment table or massage type table. Um, when you go dress a golf ball and it's a very similar setup, it's going to look the exact same to what you've been doing for eight hours of the day. So uh, the brain won't be able to choose the difference between do and don't. Yeah, you'll have to consciously override that if you want to set up differently when you hit a golf ball. But you know, you're not thinking about your posture when you're you know working. You're thinking about your work. Yeah. So you're probably gravity starts weighing on you. You're slumping a little bit more. Maybe back's a little more arched. Whatever it may be. Uh, that stuff is going to then solidify as kind of your postural habit. So when you go stand over a golf ball, you're going to start in that posture and that will dictate what muscles you use, what joints you use when you go to turn. So when, you, when Sean comes in without knowing it, you get a little rounded in that upper thoracic spine, yeah. upper back. What does that do to golf? It stops rotation. Therefore, Sean fans the club open, whips it inside. And then if he's whipping it inside, he's got to come a little outside in to compensate, which is your athleticism. So we always ask here, who are you? What injuries have you had? In this case, what do you do for work? You're going to do it eight hours a day. Yeah, it's probably going to carry over. And yeah. yeah. So all those doctors, dentists, anyone sitting over a patient, my dentists are the worst. We've got probably a good 15, 20 dentists and orthodontists in here. And they are all so rounded yeah. for very smart people. Uh, and so we work on those. Someone like a a attorney, someone who reads a lot, all my finance guys and your mm -hmm. finance guys and girls, yep. how are they, what, what, are, what are their predisposition, what are they bringing well, to the table? Yeah, anyone sitting at desks all day long, it's the hip flexors become the big issue. So what's the hip flexor for those so, who don't? Yeah, front of your hip there, things that will bring your knee up to your chest, those muscles. But if you imagine those muscles being in a shortened position all day, 
as you sit. When you go to stand up, they're used to being short. They're not going to be quick to lengthen. So when you stand upright, and again, if we talk about addressing a golf ball, you're going to have your, your hips more tilted forward and your lower back arched more. What does that do to us? Well, that means you're going you're gonna to start to rotate using lumbar spine instead of hips and, and thoracic spine, which is not where we want our rotation coming from. Interesting. So it can be stressed, but also, uh, you know, it doesn't set the club on a good path to put a good swing on. Sure, sure. So who you are and, and what you do really predetermines either whether you're having a golf lesson or whether you're trying to come in here and work on your golf swing. We are... Sean and I are constantly hammering these guys and girls when they come in. Take five minutes to walk around. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of office get posture. Get a little bit. And especially if you've come in here, we've had this discussion with people and they say, these are what I'm predisposed to have issues with in my golf swing, tight hip flexors or tight mid back, say like myself, uh, then come in here and spend a few minutes working on loosening that stuff up, you know, counteract all the hours you just spent sitting at your desk and then go hit golf balls, it's going to go much better Yeah, um, for the short term as well as long term. I know watching you after you have patience, you're always going to go on the gym floor and you're going to do lots of just very quickly talk about w what you do because Sean's a big, strong guy, but yet the exercises that you do for your personal improvement is very subtle as, as an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. So I have like my gym time where I work out and that looks just more regular. Uh, but I try every single day. Marie's always, my wife, give me a hard time about this. I'm laying on the ground while we're watching TV at the end of the day doing these little movements. But I know for me where my hips have a predisposition to go towards in terms of like a bad postural habit. And that affects everything in my you know mid-back, neck, shoulders too. So I do these little kind of movement drills and corrective exercises that keep my hips in a neutral state where they can rotate freely. I use the right muscles. And then that allows my upper body to succeed as well and, and use the right muscle to rotate through my T-spine and my hips when I'm golfing as opposed to lower back or elsewhere. Which is basically our ethos, and, and, and this is where I think it's we separate ourselves. You as a f doctor of physical therapy have far more knowledge than the guy who or the girl who's done the two-week course and or you know CrossFit where they open a box and they've literally done a, a three-day course and they've dumped five grand and now they've got a CrossFit box. So education and your degree, that's where it really sets you apart that you know, like I look at the exercises you do and I'm like, dude, what are you tired? Are you, what, is, what are you having a little rest? But you're doing some active motion. Yeah. And they're actually surprisingly difficult. Yeah. So that's a lot of the stuff I'll use to people when, if they have a history of pain, trauma, something like that, and, and especially if they're in discomfort playing golf, like something is not right. That's a big red flag. So you have to first put things in a position where your body can move the way it's supposed to. Then from there is the time to talk about, you know, your swing, what you want the club path to do, all of that. Like get your body working for you and then the rest of it starts to fall in. What did you say yesterday? You, you told me yesterday we're talking about what we're going to talk about today and you said that your parents told you to have lovely posture and you, yeah. you actually said that actually changes in a negative way how you move yeah so when i i remember being, as we all were told right yeah yeah exactly sit up straight you know and i thought okay well if i arch my back a lot i feel really up straight and then now you know 30 years later i've spent countless hours trying to correct that because i overarched. and my parents didn't know like oh you should you know arch your back this much degree they just said oh don't slump Sure. So it wasn't something, so they're happy. So your lower back, your lumbar spine. Yeah, so now I have a, a built-in habit I've been trying to break, and it takes some time, but of 
overarching in the lower back. Which does what to your hip flexors, therefore, the opposite, right? Yeah, uh, kicks them on too. So you're yeah. going to pair lower back hip flexors and they're going to roll the roost as you go through. Because they're pretty strong, right? Those hip flexors, are they actually a big muscle or yeah, not so well, much? Definitely sizable, but they're mostly just in a position where they have leverage they get stuck in. So people hold their body in a place where the hip flexors have more leverage than the glutes or the hamstrings. Interesting. And so from an efficiency standpoint, your body's always going to use those muscles because they're they're in a strong position to work. And so it doesn't cost more energy to correct position or use muscles that are going to be struggling to get the job done. Sure, sure. So getting back to your predisposition. So we've got lighting guys from Broadway, Broadway actors. You know, we've got chaps who work in the railway, Metro North. Anyone of our engineers who drives a train, we've, we're on top of Grand Central Station here. We've got quite a few Metro North uh, engineers, train drivers. Mm -hmm. Great guys too. Thanks for all, all that you do. They're going to sit for six hours. Then they have mandatory five to six hours off, I believe. Then they're on for another five or six hours. And then one poor, poor bugger comes up and he literally is in his four hours downtime and he'll start hitting balls and you can see him. So he's locked in that position of sitting. Yeah. I mean, you can't get him to stand up and drive a train. But yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be nice. Switch it up for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so everyone will bring their own kind of obstacles at least from a body perspective, that will either make it easier or more difficult to play golf. But. Yeah, we had the UN in here, what, uh, about a month ago, and I remember this big, tall of water walks in. He's about six foot seven. He was at the Secret Service, and he's a golf nut. And his hips, he's carrying about, what, conservatively 40 pounds of tasers, weapons. Oh, and his hips were so anteriorly tilted. And so for someone like all our officers out there, our ambulance drivers, anyone who's carrying that weight belt, what, what can you recommend for the police officers who, you know, we've got police officers who are members in here? Yeah, well, there's a couple ways to go about it. You can try and find an external fix or uh, internal one, meaning, you know, I, I don't know if they can weight some of the stuff on the back of their belt, get a Interesting. little bit of a posted tilt going there where they don't have to. So, so, so instead of having the weight on, I mean, you couldn't have your weapon, but instead of having your weight on the sides, have as much as it on your back. That's, that's Yeah, it. or just maybe if you're looking at yourself from the side, you know, try and buy some of the weight towards the, the latter half, the posterior side of you. As opposed to the that's a great call. That would help. Great call. Otherwise, it's just a bit of being aware of your posture and if you can start to make a few little changes over time, they start to then become subconscious and that's your new posture. So For all our officers, if you're carrying 30 pounds on your on your hips and then you're sitting in a car, Ooh, yeah. oh, that's a that's disaster. A tough situation for, for lower back and hips. So what we would say is that your predisposition makes, makes your golf pretty hard. And then we've got all the movement platforms. So uh, without naming names here, so one of the big platforms uses a, a set of a, stationary bike that's just yeah. brutal for golf right yeah a lot again a lot of hip flexors going on in just that really crunch forward position so i don't think it's inherently bad but if you come from a state of where you've been sitting at a desk all day your hip flexors are really tight but again in that like strong position of leverage you're going to use them all day on that bike interesting and then you solidify the pattern to stay that way or even get stronger okay so if i may if i'm a speaking from current if we're in a finance-based industry where we are in midtown what platform not understanding the individual but what platform would you recommend for someone who sits then what would be a good exercise platform to get them to counter all their sitting anything yeah, comes a, to mind a good question i mean i've i've become a big fan of, of pilates for people just because you start to use 
your body in ways where you're using stabilizers, you're changing position, especially of the hips, as opposed to like, you know, if you're running, biking, you're just moving in one plane of motion. Uh, I find if you can start involving, you know, all three planes of motion in your movements, just in general, you're going to move much better and be less stiff and tight. Interesting. Not everyone's partial body, so or the guys don't like it, do they? Uh, until they get in there and do a class, and they realize that was, that was tough. Yeah, that's different. Uh, I remember the first time I did Pilates with with Gene G. Moreno, who's a physical therapist. Shout out, Gene. He's down in Florida about 15 years ago. He was in Bay Ridge, New York, and his wife was a Pilates instructor. And he said, oh, young, you're big and strong. This was fresh off tour. And I was pretty, you know, very strong, mm -hmm. still am. And he said, come and do a Pilates exercise yeah. with his wife. And Lisa just demolished me. Oh, I was like, what is it? It was yeah. awesome. People are really impressed in there, but so much more stabilization going on. Yeah, I'm very anterior, as you know, so it got yeah, me posterior. A lot of that's posterior. Yeah, I found that good. really hard. I mean, most people fall into that bucket of too much anterior, but of course, there's variants all over the place. Sure. But I think at least it gets you thinking about, oh, actually, what position are my hips in yeah. when I'm doing this? Uh, but overall, I recommend just variety for people. So get in, lift some weights, you know, also do some Pilates. You can do some stretch mobility stuff. You need some variation instead of just doing the same thing or moving in the same planes. Especially if you're a golfer, you need to move rotation, lateral plane also in front and back. So yeah, totally. If you're only doing one of those, then it's going to make the others a bit more difficult. And we, like we love boxing in here. We've noticed our boxers who do who box quite a bit. They're very rounded in their shoulders. Mm -hmm. Their center of their shoulder axis is forward of their spine, so they're basically eliminating thoracic rotation. So then you get these amazingly fast athletes who actually can't rotate at all. Yeah. So how's that relationship between scapular stability and thoracic rotation? That's a pretty big one, right? That's a huge PTs, doctors, orthodontists, goes back to the same thing, boxes. Yeah, yeah it's huge. Uh, and I think a, a, a missing link to that whole thing is, is the rib cages influence on that, which I think everyone talks about shoulder, um, the actual shoulder joint and the scapulas, but uh, there's a whole underlying piece that all that sits on is your rib cage, and, and then your breathing is involved with that too. So I think there's kind of a missing link of tying all that together, but that's eventually going to, you know, dictate your thoracic mobility. Interesting. So what we're trying to say, guys and girls, is really understand who you are genetically. So I've got hypermobility and I've been born, unfortunately, without too many, what's the kneecap groove called? The actual groove in the neck, the where the patella sits. The patella groove. Yeah, so I basically don't have those in my knees and so my kneecap sits very high. So my genetics physiology has predetermined me to dislocate my knees. What we're trying to say is before you dive down the technique rabbit hole, before you get fit for a set of clubs, see if your shoulders are rounded. See where your shoulders sit relative to being a boxer. In Sean's case, doctor of physical therapy, or what do you bring to the table that makes your golf very difficult? And just do the simple stuff. As we always say, Sean's constantly busting everyone's balls. Hey, walk around for three or four minutes when you walk into swing. Yeah, get moving a bit. Get moving. But, I mean, uh, I the, the guys walked in, didn't they? They uh, Two years ago, they'd walk in and start whacking away. And, yeah. yeah. Right to the debate. <laughs> You're like, time <laughs> yeah. out. It's like two minutes, make a change. But I, I think to your point, you just need to know what you're up against in yeah. terms of what your body's good at, what it's not good at, and, and where it falls into traps. And then uh, start addressing that stuff. And then everything with your golf swing gets so much easier. And I think for people who play for long periods of time, decades even, and they're like, I just never get better. 
they probably don't know why and there's something going on physiologically that could be influenced to help them break through and, and you know get over a plateau or and let's just talk a little bit of the elephant in the room here golf carts I mean, my opinion, they're absolutely horrible for your yeah, golf game. Yeah. I know that PGA professionals derive revenue from it, so this is going to be quite uh, confronting, but it is the worst thing for your golf game. W why is that? I mean, sitting in that hip flexion position. Yeah, again. just so, horrible, right? And I think, too, when you get a little bit warm and then you sit down and then you cool down like that and then you've got to get up and do it all over again, um, as the day goes on, you just get tighter and tighter. So golfers, without, uh, without going on, when you're playing, really take a look at whether that golf cart is actually going to produce you with the best best performance of the day. We, we would, based on science and math, that it's going to disintegrate your golf game. But Yeah, another obstacle in the way. I yeah, think. another obstacle in the way. Beauty golfers, thanks for listening to Pivot the Path. And remember, your on-course enjoyment starts with your work you put into your entire game and you absolutely can own your swing. Thanks, SJ. Keep moving, keep swinging. Yeah, as I always say, hit them far, hit them straight, and see you again next week. Awesome.